Hi, and welcome to episode three of season two of Relay SA, a connected conversation about student affairs in Canada. At the end of every single interview, I ask for some suggestions of who I should interview next, passing the baton along from interview to interview, creating a relay. This episode, I got the chance to sit down with Liana Acri. Liana was one of the names that Megan Lau suggested back when I interviewed Megan and Atifa. I've worked with Liana with the Caucus Leadership Educators Community of Practice, but I was really looking forward to sitting down and getting to know her a little bit better. Liana works at the University of Guelph Humber, a unique college-university hybrid located in the west end of Toronto, Ontario. I had so many questions, and we met for drinks at the Swan and Firkin in Toronto's Bloor Street West neighborhood, so we could go through them one by one. I hope you like it. Adam Dewin, what are you doing? Who will you talk to today? It's Relay SA. Okay, we're live. This is happening. I hit record. Awesome. Okay, so um, what's your full name? Full name, Leanna Francis Afray. Francis, that's a solid middle name. Yeah. And where do you work, Leanna? <laughs> we can give it to Leanna. I work at the University of Gulf Humber in the northwest end of Toronto. Okay. And you were, um, you're part of a relay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were nominated by, I think when I was interviewing Megan and Atifa, and they yeah. said, you need to talk to Leanna. Um, so you work at Gulf Humber. What is your role there? Uh, my title is Student Life Coordinator, and I work within the Student Life team, so a little bit of uh, everything, working for a small institution. Okay. Um, so, co-curricular record programming, dealing with student uh, society groups and advising, liaising with student government, and managing a team of student ambassadors. Whoa. Plus a little bit of everything else. <laughs> yeah, and all the, like, the things that just come across your desk yeah. in a student life kind of gig. Yeah. And what's the complement of the Student Life Office at Guelph Humber? In terms of, what do you mean the complement of it? Like, Is it just you doing all the things? Oh, or do okay. you have a team that you work with? Yeah, so there's three coordinators, including myself, and okay. we report directly to the department head um, for the unit. We don't have a mid-level manager, if you can call it that. And uh, my two co-workers also support the alumni services team slightly okay. as part of their role. Is that Brenly? Uh, Brenly, yes. Okay. Uh, and uh, she's currently taking on a secondment in academic advising. Very so. cool. Yeah. Nice. And how long have you been in this role? <laughs> Eight and a half years. Eight and a half years? Yeah. Yeah. And you went to Guelph Humber too, yes. right? Yes. So I went to Guelph Humber. I was an involved student leader. My, my, excuse me, like most student affairs staff stories of evolution. Right. And uh, when I graduated, my entire department of staff that I reported to Three women all went, went on maternity leave within three months of each other. What is in the water? What was in the uh, water? Yep, I don't know, but I'm not drinking it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they hired myself and one of my good friends at the time. Uh, we graduated together to um, various contracts to kind of, I guess, hold down the fort for a little bit. Oh, wow. Because we understood the orientation programming, and uh, I never left, and it kind of turned into a full-time career. And here you are. Yeah. That's wild. And so, tell me more about Guelph Humber, because it's a relatively young institution. Yes, uh, so it's a joint collaboration between the University of Guelph and Humber College. We have seven undergraduate programs, and all of our students get a degree from the University of Guelph and a diploma from Humber College upon graduation in four years. Well, assuming they do four years, but... Okay. Mm -hmm. And and when when did did Guelph Humber 
start? Yeah. yeah, so established in 2002. Um, so fairly young in kind of terms of university years. Um, okay. But it feels like it's been around for a while now. Okay, so when you, I'm trying to do my math, <laughs> looking backwards for how long you've worked there. So you must have entered there as a student when it was still relatively young. Yeah, we had no graduates when I entered. Okay. So I was the third graduating class. Whoa. Yeah. So that was kind of an interesting feeling. Okay, so tell me more about that. What um, gave you kind of the excitement to go to an institution that was relatively new and new and kind of a new thing on the on the horizon of higher ed in Ontario? Yeah. Um, well, I graduated on the end of the double cohort year. I decided to stay back for a good old year five okay. um, because I wanted to play an orientation for the grade nines again. It was so in your blood. It was in my blood. <laughs> I, it's like meant to be, guaranteed. Um, so it's no surprise I'm doing what I do now. And... Um, I also do orientation programming. I forgot to mention that in the plethora of things before. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so I was there, and I decided that I wanted to go to a local school, born and raised in northwest end of Toronto, uh, Rexdale specifically. Um, so I was looking at the business program. They had one that they offered, so I went to the open house, and I found the information, and I really identified with the idea of theoretical and practical learning combined. Yeah. Um, and fit really well with my learning style, and when I went, I kind of just feel like it. I fit. I know one of our kind of um, promotional pieces that we talk about is like our close-knit community and small class sizes and I really identified with that. I was coming from a high school of about 800 students and I just felt like I knew everyone and I thought that my university experience could be an extension of that. Yeah. And is that what it was? Yes. Is that what it turned out to be? A hundred percent. So I, I, um, I remember applying to the, uh, on the student leader team that I now supervise, um, not realizing you get paid to do that. I volunteered to do all this in high school, um, now having a better understanding of why that can be. Um, but yeah, I was uh, got involved right away and really kind of made it my home away from home and uh, got to meet a lot of great people and connect with them. And it's great because there's quite a, a number of alumni actually working for the institution and some of which I worked with as a student ambassador myself. Oh, wow. And so were, were you commuting in from... Mm-hmm. Mm. I feel, I feel bad saying I commuted. It was like a 10-minute drive, um, a longer walk if I ever did that, but a bus ride within half an hour door-to-door, one bus. And I guess for people who don't know, it is co-located on yes. Humber North Campus, yes, right? Yes, exactly. So quite okay. accessible. So a lot of commuter students. And were you taking, I guess if the classes were small, they were mostly separate kind of entities than like the Humber classes? I all guess, of our or? classes, yeah. So all the curriculum is um, done separately in terms of separate entities. So you're only in classes with Guelph Humber students. And then I was only in classes with business students. And at the time, I can't even remember how many were in my cohort, but maybe we only had four sections available. So just trying to do quick math here, about 250 students maybe in my okay. year, approximately. Don't quote me on that. Um, so you kind of really did get to know everyone, kind of like a year in your high school same grade. And in terms of like student services and stuff, would you share that with Humber at all because it's right there or would yeah. you have any? A little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, okay. We used to the tagline, best of both worlds. I think that kind of sticks. Nice. Um, so obviously being on the Humber College campus, they weren't going to build a separate gym facility and um, certain services. So our um, health and wellness, counseling, accessibility services are all uh, dual access for students okay. um, as well as our athletic services and gym facilities and the residency is. There's a few specific services that have evolved that are specifically for Guelph Humber. Um, so academic advising, uh, career and placement. Um, we have our student life, but I work very closely with the Humber department. Um, so a little bit of that. And I feel like I should also explain for some of our listeners where we are currently located. So <laughs> if they are hearing like 
some background noise or some conversation or the ice in my cider beverage uh, <laughs> that we are. What is, wait, I forgot what place we are. The Swan. The Swan. Yeah. In Blue Rust Village in uh, in Toronto. We should be paying you for advertising now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought about sponsors for this podcast for our dozens of listeners. <laughs> so maybe the Swan can sponsor us with this cider. Um, all right. So tell me about. Um, one of the things I want to do with this podcast is interview some folks who are working in the colleges. I've been pretty university specific, mm-hmm. but then I also kind of feel like, well, Humber is this really unique. Yeah. I don't know how many other places that have this kind of joint venture. You're getting a degree, you're getting a diploma. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like there's this narrative that college students are kind of totally different. There's more of an access minute for colleges, so the student services and student life stuff yeah. is different than universities. But how does that play out in a in a, yeah. a hybrid model? Good question. So my, I got to preface with my experience is limited to Guelph Humber in that sense that my whole identity as an undergraduate and as a professional staff member has been Guelph Humber and um, obviously talking to people who work in the college sector and work in the university sector, mainly within Ontario, getting a, a, a better understanding of some of the differences and I think we're highly influenced by both. Right. Um, so I think in terms of the academic side and stuff, a lot is in line with Guelph. Um, our students report as well students students through the ministry, but then being on the Humber campus and the services, there's a lot of integration and collaboration there. And, and what we provide, even our co-curricular record, is dual branded and open to GH and Humber students. So very cool. Yeah. So, so I I uh, hear stories, and in my readings of my master's program, I'm you know seeing what's more traditionally college experience, what's more traditionally university, and I really do feel like it is a mix of both. So it's not really clear to identify. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. And what would you say is, um, I mean, some of the things that you said that attracted you to the student experience, or mm-hmm. kind of being a person in the community, but what do you think are some of the other things that um, are part of the Guelph Humber student experience? From an academic side of the house, I would say the integration of work placement into all of our programs. So knowing that I would have, you know, workplace experience um, and hands-on programming before I graduated is what appealed to me at that side of things. Um, in terms of the student experience, I think our students... Um, really identify that they are Guelph Humber students. They identify with their academic program, um, which some institutions would call schools. Um, and they really kind of identify with whatever form of connection they make, whether it's through the student groups and societies, whether it's through working through student government or athletics on campus. So kind of carving out their niche and kind of connecting to those sub-communities within the larger one. Very cool. And if they're doing kind of work placements or mm-hmm. integrated learning, is that impacting folks' ability to get involved in certain opportunities on campus? So if they're going to take off for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, can they take on various roles or opportunities? Good point. Um, with the So there's like study abroad and courses, but most of the workplace experience um, is kind of woven throughout. So it might be like one day of the week, they have no classes oh, okay. uh, for that. We're semestered. So for that specific semester, some students, it's only in their upper years of the program. Every program is different. Um, I know there's uh, one program in particular where their final semester, the majority of it is off campus uh, working and they have a a reduced course load in that specific instance um, because that's the majority of that credit waiting. So it's, it's interesting how it works. I would say that for some students, I think it's the same challenges as any campus where you have a high amount of commuters that it depends on what their involvement is beyond their university experience and identity and what they're doing in their own community and their own family and as we know students are busier and busier these days I've definitely seen that so hmm. um, so in my my uh, my research team uh, <laughs> put together <laughs> uh, anonymous research team my, yeah my, it's just me 
It's just me and Google, pretty much. Uh, but my uh, my research, I have a few things that I want to ask you Uh-oh. about. Um, the first one is Girl Guides. <laughs> yes, what about Girl Guides? Tell me about what you did with Girl Guides. Uh, I was one of three unit leaders. Um, so me and two of my uh, childhood friends actually ran a unit. Um, scarily enough, there are these lovingly trusting parents uh, gave us their 9 to 11 year old girls to go camping in the wilderness um, there were facilities but that, that helps um, but yeah that was an experience um, so I ran that for my four years when I was in university so a lot of like program planning development trying to do I don't know if you're familiar with the girl guides and, and boy scouts but trying to do some badge work and that sort of thing and teaching them so I've always worked with you know youth or developing people so it kind of is a theme that's played throughout my life Oh goodness, Google. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned bad like badge work because I kind of yeah. think of, like, when we talk about like gamifying and badgeifying and mm. CCRs and like scouts and guides did it first. And totally. Had, like, you had your sash. You had yeah. Your badge, totally. Just all copying. It's a digital version of it now. Pretty much, right? Um, so, in what ways was running a girl guide troop similar or different to your work on on the Guelph Humber campus? Oh. <sighs> Good analogy. Um, I think similar, I think, of transferable skills, what we always talk to our students about, in terms of working with different people and different needs and understanding them. So although I'm providing a service to a group of girls a certain age, I don't know where they're coming from and their different backgrounds and how that impacts things. So whether it was um, uh, learning to deal with people with diverse needs and accessibility requirements um, and understanding those and trying to you know, design what I was doing around that and not really having the understanding of how to do it but just doing it based on best practice uh, dealing with parents um, so being you know, an 18 to 22 year old dealing with collecting money and forms and requirements from people who are twice my age that have children only like five to seven years younger than me was a little bit interesting um, and, and how that worked and also people that I happen to know and see in the community too that I may have or may not have had a rapport with before and after that mm-hmm. um, so yeah dealing with the diverse audiences the programming for the the girls um, and planning it out and kind of having a, a larger game plan at play and knowing that like they're looking up to you and that you're kind of responsible and a role model yeah. for sure that was there so that's interesting I also bet if you're taking folks camping, like, you have to just pre- be pretty flexible. Like, you need a plan A, plan B, oh, plan yeah. C, and then just some backup options. We had some... pretty useful. Yeah, we had some... Well, they were, like, preferred sites. I mean, there was some tent camping, which was my first experience. Don't wear Blue, blue Jeans camping, number one tip. I learned that the hard way. Um, I was an experience, which made it even my own personal challenge. Um, and then making everything an activity for them, too. It wasn't about us just doing it and getting it done. But, again, kind of like when you work with students, you want them to go through the process and learn for themselves so even though you might know how to build a campfire you need to teach and impart these skills that allow them to do it and experience it um, but yeah we had a quite a few hours of planning meetings at my house every few months to kind of chat about what we were doing and how we were going to do it and kind of divide and conquer so it was a good experience for working in a team and figuring out roles nice um I also learned that you spent some time in Hanoi. Is this true? Yeah. Tell me about that. So there's this great uh, program called Lead for Change. Uh, it's a work partnership program through WUSC, World University Service of Canada. And um, the University of Guelph, actually, I know, is one of the partners, Humber College. And there's a few other uh, post-secondary educational institutions as well as uh, businesses. And what it does is it allows you to do a service trip using your vacation time. Okay. So I was able to take four weeks of vacation and 
uh, go on a service experience, which I'll tell you about in a second. And uh, my work supported it. So having an organization and not just me saying, hey, I'm going to take off for four weeks, boss. I hope that's okay. But knowing that it was work mandated and supported and that you would apply to it like kind of a job position and interview for uh, was really great. And that the, all the... Um, Another bonus was that all the other expenses were covered. So if it wasn't something you could financially afford on your own, that option was completely uh, available to you and, and made it feasible. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. So to tell you about the experience, I'm sure you went into that. Um, so I applied for a specific role, but typically you apply to the program and you don't know where your skills are going to get cast. So you kind okay. of give a general skills statement and cross your fingers and hope that the best match is made. Um, so I applied and I actually applied to the specific role. So I was a soft skills communications coordinator or something along those lines that basically I was tasked with uh, developing um, presentations and workshops for their staff because they wanted to build the capacity of their staff so they could pass it on to the students with a special mandate uh, for women in particular and, and, and considering the country and wanting to uh, raise the profile of females in the industry. And where was this? Like, it, it was, was in Hanoi, Hanoi Vietnam. Um, it was at Hanoi Community College. Um, okay. So I had a specific location. Um, I was there and actually at the same time there were two other Canadians, one from the uh, out east and one from Ottawa area that happened to be doing their mandate at the same time as me so it was great because I had some fellow people that I could relate to even though we didn't really know each other before that um, and wow. to kind of um, yeah it was a, it was a huge uh, cultural shift for me and different challenges and uniqueness but I really enjoyed it and what did you bring back with you in terms of like perhaps ideas or skills uh, good question um, an understanding of like similarities I think and differences all over the world in post-secondary and what that looks like. And when we say college here, it doesn't necessarily equate to the same thing. Um, an appreciation for the different privileges that I've had in my life that I maybe didn't um, take into consideration before. Uh, and in terms of skills, I say it was more of me giving to the community and um, just perspective and working with different cultural differences in population. So. Nice. And patience. <laughs> Um, you are currently doing your MED. Yes. How's that going? I love it. Yeah. Um, I finally have the theory to go with all the practical. Um, yeah, I really, I'm at OAZ at U of T. Um, I really like the program. Um, I was very specific with what I wanted to take when I decided that I was going to commit to doing my MED. And, um... I'm meeting a lot of great people, learning a lot of great things from scholars and practitioners or scholar practitioners, and uh, just really getting to uh, be able to apply it right away and seeing the benefits and how it's changing my lens and the different meetings and conversations that I'm having. Nice. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting because I think for many folks in their student life or student affairs journey, um, what I've noticed is that it frequently involves moving around a bit. Yes. And kind of perhaps working at a few different institutions. Yes. Um, where you went to Guelph Humber and you worked at Guelph Humber. And so I feel like that's so remarkable. Um, so without, I'm not asking like what's next question, but yeah. I'm asking what matters to you in, in your career in terms of your trajectory? Is it... Uh, continue to like improve and refine your mm -hmm. programs that are currently in your portfolio mm -hmm. or are you looking to now that you've got this kind of theoretical piece mm -hmm. to it are you looking to so what what matters to you as you move through your career a lot of things I've asked myself that a bunch of times and every day the question the answers changes slightly I think right yeah. um I feel like knowing what I know now, and you know, I'm only out of in, in course three of ten, 
Uh, knowing what I know now, I could probably do a lot better with the, some of the programming that I've done, or and we're doing some reviews of our programs right now, and looking at them with a more theoretical lens, and I have somebody else in my department who recently completed their master's, who's covering Brenly's uh, comment. Uh, so that's been helpful, so we're kind of bringing that knowledge and theory uh, to the to the team has been really good. So going through that process, but I also feel like having worked eight years, I'm ready for that next step or next challenge, and keep constantly keeping my eye out for that and what that might look like. Um, but on the flip side, I love the corporate culture at both Humber and Humber, and and being part of that environment, and um, that is almost just important to me in terms of what I look for in a role. So I love what I do, but I'm always torn between what I love it just as much as if I was somewhere else, and um, I think for me, the overall culture and feeling and the other pieces that I take away from my work and even, you know, distance to work play a huge factor in my decision to stay there and and kind of, you know, the term lifer, I feel like I could be one, right? I'm halfway there. <laughs> I think there's this, um, I don't know, expectation isn't the right word, but this kind of assumption that that's mm-hmm. the way to do it. Yeah. And I kind of also think there's great value in kind of sticking it out for a while and be able to do like a really deep and significant dive into your portfolio mm-hmm. and kind of really keep perfecting it and refining it um, as opposed to having positions change hands every two to three years. Yeah. So, and well, being the nature of a small school and programs, you know, coming in and being able to implement things quite quickly, it allows for a lot of flexibility and innovation. Um, and being able to be, you know, in a small organization, uh, higher, higher play, <laughs> flat as well, I would say that I get exposed to a lot more than I might at um, when in a larger student life department. And I'm really fortunate for that experience and being able to represent our team on various committees with sometimes higher level staff and administrators. Oh, I bet. I hadn't thought of that part. If you're yeah. in a relatively small team, that, that gives you more access. Yeah. Mm. Um, what are the favorite parts of your job and the parts that maybe you would if you could rewrite your job description you might, <laughs> you might remove um, <laughs> well, let's cut that I, last no no I can answer it okay. no 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 okay. no. I, 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 my team knows how I feel but it, I've been doing orientation <laughs> as a student leader and continuously since 2006 at the same institution and I feel like it's we've revamped it a few times but um, I think uh, I love seeing it come to life. I'm not enjoying the planning process as much, and that's no secret. Um, so it's always beneficial when you see the fruits of your labor, but being involved in it, I think it just needs different fresh set of eyes. And um, we are all, all hands on deck given the size that we are, so that's a limitation. Um, but I don't, I don't hate it at all, I would say. So. Well, I think that's the flip side of the, like, if you hold on to a portfolio mm-hmm. for a while is... Yes, it's good to have that deep dive, but then kind of yeah. uh, conversely, it's good to get a fresh set of eyes on it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's kind of the challenge. And also, not, um, I think one of the other things that it's challenging, uh, pros and cons, again, both sides of the coin, is being able to dive deeper into portfolio. So I'm very, I don't know, surface letter for lack surface... Um, deep for lack of a better term but into a bunch of different things which also suits my personality and my style but that's not for everyone um so that can can uh, present different sets of challenges and opportunities okay um and then in terms of what i love about my job um the feeling you get when you've helped somebody um mainly students but whether it's coworkers and colleagues and people because I've been there so long in the same role, I've gone through different changeovers and staff and secondments and different opportunities and people leaving on mat leaves and all of those sorts of things. So it's been really uh, great to be able to work with such diverse people. And um, I, uh, 
who's one of my top five strengths. So I love meeting people and chatting with new people and getting to know them. So being able to connect with so many people across the university and the college, I love it. So all those kind of things combined. Amazing. Um, do your, does your family understand what you do? <laughs> um, yes and no. I think um, having worked for the institution that I having having worked for the institution that I graduated from, there's a bit of understanding. First of all, what the institution is and what it's about. Sure. What I do, um, maybe on paper, but not the full in depth. Like I guess, uh, you know, starting to see myself more as an educator in that side of things. Uh, maybe more that I like advise student groups, and they understand because I was one of those students back in the day. Um, both the student group I advise and the student ambassador team, and now I and I manage those. Um, so half and half, I would say. At least my parents, my extended family and grandparents. I work in an office at an institution. That's as far as I got. <laughs> I'm not a teacher. That's that's what we got out of it. Yeah, some of my extended family just think I'm a professor. Yeah, yeah. I've stopped correcting yeah, them. Yeah, half the battle is usually what's the University of Guelph. I'm bro, you work at Guelph. Do you know? So I'm like, no, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so I usually don't get as far into my job. <laughs> um, and then kind of my last like question around just the stuff that you're working on is I know that you're really involved with the caucus leadership educators community of practice yes what do you do for them uh, i am coordinating their newsletter which goes out we're working out three times a year right now um so just kind of making sure that the words out there gathering content um looking for opportunities to kind of improve the communication point and build that network and uh an opportunity to connect with other professionals in the field beyond my institution and local area nice and you've been around kind of since the beginning of the community practice model in yes. terms of the communication stuff. What are you like? What are you excited about or nervous about with regards to like the new community practice model? Um, that's hard because I was around at the beginning of the community practice model, but I wasn't as involved in caucus before the model. Okay. Uh, but what I do like um, is it seems like it's brought in a new surgence of people wanting to contribute and get involved because new opportunities are being created, right. which may allow someone like myself who didn't know if I could see myself participating in a role like, oh, well, this is new and they're looking for people. I'm, you know, just because I haven't been as involved in caucus doesn't mean I can't get my feet wet now, too. Mm, okay. And what would you give if someone was like, oh, I'm looking to get involved in caucus, mm -hmm. what would you tell them? Just do it. Just do it? <laughs> well, I make sure you get, you know, obviously, the first thing is, yeah, of course, just do it. I'm huge on getting involved and making the most of opportunities and experiences, but obviously a bit more insight into, you know, what are you looking to get out of it? What do you have in your role or hoping to areas you're hoping to work in and making sure, you know, an intentional connection with specific communities or opportunities, like even conference review committees and the different planning stages of being connected to that, so. Yeah, I think, I think you're totally right. There's way more opportunities to get involved mm -hmm. program review being involved with the community practice yeah. whereas I think back in the day it was you either go to the conference present at the conference or you're on like yeah. the board of a national <laughs> yeah. organization and, and nothing in between no and I with the student societies I work with we've created these like uh, kind of built up the model a little bit but created these executive positions and now the ones that are really up there and thriving and have established themselves we're looking back and saying what are the stepping stones for these people how do you go from being a, a student and a member that attends an event to being a volunteer executive for one year and making that commitment. So the same thing with caucus. It's great that we have this community practice and like these leadership hierarchy or models, but there are like individual roles like my own, which could be a gateway to a larger one down the road. Totally. Yeah. It's a great comparison to kind of the way that we engage students too. Um, and then uh, I know I said this was the last one, but my final one is you kind of, you guys are rolling out the CCR. How's that going? You're a couple of years in. Oh, amazing. Um, 
every time I get an opportunity to talk to an individual student, or even yesterday we had a, an open house event and I was talking to a, a parent of a prospective and a current student, actually, uh, funny enough, and just the the reaction, just people hearing, oh, this is great, I love this, I want to use this more. So I think we're at the stage right now, this is the year year two uh, and we are looking at just the promotional piece so I'm really working with the coordinator at Humber who does this uh, for the majority of their role and, and liaising with them to kind of how are we going to brand this how are we going to spread the word and even like liaising um, been building up work with our career and placement department giving them copies of the information training their student peers because that's one of the touch points that makes the most sense okay. and when you're in rolling out a new program like this that's everyone at Guelph Humber. Mm -hmm. Do you have to check in with Guelph and Humber and <laughs> yeah. need, or do you, when do, how do you negotiate that? Oh goodness. Um, some of the conversations are slightly over my head, I would say, but being high, highly involved in the process. Uh, when we were researching this, we looked at Guelph and Guelph does have a model. We looked at Humber, but knowing that our students have a lot of experiences that are uh, provided through Humber departments and opportunities, uh, whether they're paid positions or volunteer or whatever they may be, leadership roles, we, it made sense that we had to, to partner with Humber on this. And of course, there's the institutional check-ins that go up the ladder of command um, and, you know, got the go-ahead, but it, um, it was a constant uh, uh, challenging process in terms of student information systems and integration and all these things that you might not even think of working with an institution that has um, ties to both but has their own kind of way of doing certain things. Yeah. It's really fascinating. Which I imagine you have to navigate navigate and re-navigate yes uh, we thought we'd overcome something and then uh, you know a new challenge comes up and you know what it's up and running and and we worked it out and figured it all out and you know one foot in front of the other one day at a time and it's great and it's happening that's so i just think it's so interesting the space that guelph Humber has because i think it's so unique mm -hmm. um, and presents some really great opportunities it sounds like the student experience is pretty special yes definitely um, but then also kind of that best of both worlds that mm -hmm. takes a lot of work to make it seamless, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, constantly figuring out the best ways to do things and reevaluating the ways we currently do them and um, checking in where appropriate with best practices and institutional guidelines. So Whew. keeps us on our toes. Best practices and institutional guidelines, the sexiest words. <laughs> Said no one ever. Said no one ever. Um, so I've got kind of some rapid fire questions, and they're not so rapid oh boy. fire. They're just a little bit maybe more quick. How much more did you ones. Google? That's what I'm afraid of. Oh, no, these aren't. These okay. aren't. There's no surprises. Um, do you have a favorite food? Pizza. Ugh. I could eat pizza every day of my life and be satisfied. I think I did for about three to five years of my life eat pizza for every meal. Um, if you could... If you had to be in any other career other than mm. student life or student affairs, what would it be? I probably would have been in event planning, but okay. I feel like I would have been best served in any type of service industry. I get uh, a lot of satisfaction from helping people. Yeah. So I'm not really sure. That's a good one. Mm. Yeah. Um, do you have a go-to dance move? <laughs> Goodness, no, but I feel like I need one now. Like a signature thing? No, I'm a terrible dancer. Okay. Yeah, I need I need a good signature move. So you're gonna demonstrate any for me? That'd be great. Well, I don't think I'm a good dancer either, but I think having a few go-to like yes. moves that yeah. I can just bust out makes me feel more confident. I do need. Okay, note to self: next time I go out dancing, I need a good move. <laughs> um, what conversations do you think we should be having as a profession that we currently aren't? Hmm, that's a good one. Uh, 
I don't know if it's a specific conversation, just always keeping the focus in mind of the student and bringing them to the forefront. Like, we should be asking students what conversations we should be having, not just professionals and, you know, and, and keeping that at the table. And I think we mostly do a good job of it, but there's always room for growth. Um, yeah. I got me stumped on that one. It's a tough one. It is. It really is. Um, what, ha- what has been your favorite professional development experience? Hmm. That's good. I just think some people went to this institute or went to that conference and went to that thing, and it's hard to know what's good. So yeah. What I think the first time I went to caucus, mm. um, it was the first Canadian conference I'd gone to, and I, um, I previously had participated in some in the States, and it was beneficial, but... I, I felt more of a sense of understanding, especially being at an institution with such a, at the time, such a small student life department, a unique institution, and so really not uh, kind, of, kind of trying to connect identity pieces. So the first caucus I went to and seeing all the Canadian professionals in all the different areas and hearing what would they do and seeing some similarities, kind of felt a connection and sense of belonging, and um, that really stuck out to me. And in a role like yours, that is so many different hats that you're wearing. Yeah. I bet this, like picking the sessions is like being a kid in a candy store. There's so many great sessions. Completely, completely. Um, do you have any nicknames? Oh my goodness, a lot. Uh, Lee, short for Leanna. Oh goodness, Lily, Leoners, um, mostly childhood nicknames at LFA, my initials for my family. Okay. Um, but Lee mostly, if anybody shortens my name. Um, well, and th- that's kind of like the end, the final rapid yeah. question, which is how we end all these interviews, is who do you think we should be interviewing next, and why, and what questions should we be asking Ooh. them? I am I'm nominating or recommending, uh, passing the baton, if you will, uh, to Catherine Salol, who was the first person that hired me and my first mentor in the field. Um, she's one of the three people that went on mat leave when I started. Oh, um, and Catherine is now working at York University. And I think uh, she brings some unique perspective of working at different institutions and seeing the field over a, a longer span of time. And, um, you know, and she did her master's uh, thesis on student government relations. I think that'd be a really interesting angle. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Atifa also recommended a few York people, so I think I'm just going to make a day of it. Yeah, do it. Interview all these different I love folks. it. But Catherine could not be lovelier. I, I, that's, thank you for giving me the opportunity to spend more time with her <laughs> this podcast because she's yeah, so wonderful. She's one of my favorite people. Um, so that that is it. Yeah, that okay. Happens. Easy peasy. Is there anything else you wanted to share? No, this has been great. Awesome. I, feel, I feel good. Thank you so much for your time. And no I, problem. And I hope the sound worked out. I hope people don't just hear no. ambulance sirens and background music. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be a unique podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Leanna. No problem. There it is. A really great chat with Liana Acri. Thanks, Megan, for passing the baton along to Liana. I learned a lot. I truly had no idea about how things worked at Guelph Humber. If you have any questions for Liana or just want to connect, Twitter might be your best bet. Liana's handle is at Liana Acri, L-I-A-N-A-A-C-R-I. If you have any ideas or feedback about the podcast, feel free to get in touch with me. My Twitter handle is at Adam QN. Don't forget to use the hashtag, hashtag RelaySA, to follow along in the discussion. Before I go, though, I just want to remind you about the RelaySA podcast challenge. I'm asking for you to think long and hard about what kind of podcast that you would like to make about student affairs in Canada. Once you have your idea all squared away, record it on your phone in a one-minute voice note and send it my way. 
Once I get all of them, I'll put them all together in a very special episode of Really SA featuring all of you and your ideas. Try to get them into me by the end of March and make sure to include your name. Relay Essay theme music is written and performed by Adrian Ross. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to share with a friend or colleague that you think you might like the podcast. Bye for now.